0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this has been a wet... It's almost the perfect growing environment for many, many things. Uh, Northern Arizona has been blessed, truly blessed, with this gentle rain that's coming down. This is going to be an unbelievable, I mean, absolutely unbelievable wildflower year. I mean, this is the perfect growing environment for that. If you're even remotely contemplating uh, starting a lawn, Overseeding, extending the lawn. This is the perfect environment. Uh, this cool nights, nice, bright days, moist, humid. Oh, they will germinate. I mean, within just a couple of days, and start to be green. That's just, it's, it's absolutely perfect. Uh, unfortunately, um, it's also going to be the perfect growing environment for <laughs> weeds. Uh, that's that's going to happen as soon as we see the temperature rise up to seventy degrees, which. Probably we're a week out or so. It looks like this system goes through the next few days, and then it will warm up like it does every March. As soon as you hit 70 degrees, you can't hold spring back. It will just, the forsythia are already in full bloom. Uh, The the, uh, uh, purple leaf plums, you're seeing this beautiful tree with this pink flowers, kind of a short tree, vase-shaped with this dark, rich almost a, a, a purpley bark to it almost, a real dark, rich gray to bark to, to purple. That's purple leaf plum or KV plum or thundercloud plum. It's got several names. They've gone into bloom this week. You cannot hold them back. They love this kind of weather. This is when they go, okay, it feels right. I'm going to bloom and it just takes off. Uh, you're seeing, I, I predict next week you'll see uh, Bradford pears or the ornamental pears. There's a whole series of uh, ornamental trees. It's related to pears, but it doesn't form a fruit. It just has the beautiful white flowers covered the in the entire tree. There's no foliage, just covered in white flowers. And then then after it blooms for about a month, then it starts to set some some leaves. It's got this beautiful glossy green leaf. Gets up to maybe it's like a short shade tree, maybe 30 feet tall. Kind of round shaped, and then in the fall, it's the very last tree to turn red in the fall of the year. It's it's got a it's the perfect mountain tree. Uh, right now, you're seeing that red buds are going into bloom. You're seeing this uh, shorter tree, maybe maybe a twelve to, to fifteen feet tall. Uh, again, face kind of an umbrella shape almost. Vase, how do you describe it over the airwaves? Anyway, a short tree with a rounded canopy. There you go. But it's got red to very deep pink flowers on it right now Uh, when it gets it again it will bloom for about a month then it will start to put on these real pretty heart-shaped leaves now i'm starting to get emails of people calling into the garden center going ken what do i do everything's waking up what do i It's frost oh it's rainy it's cold what do i do Uh, i mean most of these plants don't worry it doesn't matter they're used to it Uh, So if we get a deep freeze, that is, if it goes down to mid-20s, actually the magic temperature is 28 degrees, 27, 28. At that point, you start to lose the flowers on some of these trees. Not so much daffodils and tulips. They're up and they're starting to show. You can see they're starting to really, they'll be in bloom shortly. Uh, I wouldn't worry about those things. Things like forsythia and quince and lilacs. I wouldn't worry about those. They're so front-loaded with naturally occurring antifreeze in them; they almost bloom no matter what. Your fruit trees, I would be more concerned with, especially folks out in the outer areas, the zone eight folks. You've been in; you're in bloom, full bloom. Apricots, nectarines are really they're really starting to show color. Uh, that would be like Mayer, Humboldt, uh, Kirkland, Skull Valley, Kingman the lower elevations going up towards Pace and the uh, a out 69 corridor towards uh, Cortis Junction, those areas, you're, you're a click sooner. I mean, you just wake up sooner. You've, you've been in spring already. So you're, you've been there for like 10 days. There, if things have been tricked and you start to see a real cold snap really dipping down to that mid-20s, I would maybe cover those things with a sheet. Uh, water things. If, if we get a dry spell and then it goes cold real quick, keeping things moist. This is really good. This moisture has really helped us. A moist plant goes through the cold better than a dry plant. So this, this, this event, I think, will help us. This moisture will help us have more fruit, more flowers without the risk of damage, damaging frost, freezes, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to help us. So the main thing you can do right now, the best thing you can do, um, fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. Make sure these plants, as they wake up, they've got some nutrients in the soil. If you haven't fertilized since last fall or, I mean, in the last year, your plants are going to be hungry. Oh my goodness. It takes a lot of energy for these plants to form these flowers to form this new leaf growth, to put out new candle growth on evergreens. If you got a new privacy screen, you want it to fill in, you want privacy, like, no, I don't want to wait. Now's your month. The month of March is when you get the best benefit for spring uh, fertilization. So it'll really increase the flower size, more foliage, you know, healthier. And And might I go just a step farther, your native. Don't forget your native's. They will need it as well so they'll they'll benefit from that and I'll go into details on kind of what I'm doing so for some of my plants feeding kind of at the bottom of the hour it's kind of part of that that outline right now you're you are into spring this week starts spring spring the 19th it's spring uh, you cannot hold back spring I don't care what elevation you're at it's coming think you're st- you're seeing spring the first leading edge of, fl- of, of plants blooming, leafing starting to happen right now. and It kind of feels good. It feels really good. Uh, encourage that. Uh, fertilize it. And then you can plant more. If you were thinking about planting a wildflower patch, oh, this is like the time. The, I mean, the, the stars could not align better uh, to, to start a new wildflower patch. It is going to be a blockbuster, beautiful year. There's actually four kinds of, of wildflowers I have here at the garden center. One is we, we create four different, our own mixes. So I've got a, an Arizona mix, one we created years and years ago. It's our, our mountain flowers. Because deer and rabbits are becoming such an issue, we made a deer resistive list. So if you're next to the forest, we've got that list. We've got butterflies, pollinators, a whole list just for that. And there's one other, oh, strictly poppies nothing but poppies, California poppies, not just the orange ones, but all the colors are in this mix. You could put those down right now and they would, you're guaranteed flowers this year. Then I've got two types of wild grasses. So if you've got a new septic field or you just, your contractor just ripped your property a new one and just scars of construction everywhere, we have a Western native grass mix. It's what you'd see on the side of the road. It's made for revegetation. That would germinate. Really, you want those grasses in March. Re- the sooner the better. It will benefit. Uh, you you greatly have better germination. Some of that uh, native mix, some of the grasses are too tall. They choke out the wildflowers. They're so aggressive. The wild wheat grasses, that kind of stuff. So we created, called out all the tall grasses, and we have what we call a meadow mix. So it's just a mix of blue gramas and buffalo grass. And then we sprinkled in a few wild Flowers in it, so you have this meadowy look. It's not meant to be mowed, it's meant to be admired and looked at with no care, uh, yet it stays low. I'd say ankle high or lower. That's that's the meadow mix. We've got six, four flowers and two grasses that are for native, you know, high elevation mountain gardens. Whether you're at Cottonwood, Cordis Junction, Sedona. Ashfork, Seligman, Kingman, Payson, or Prescott. Uh, it's made for us, this elevation. You'll have better success. But this is just an opportune time to be planting. Oh my gosh, uh, fruit trees to shade trees to evergreens. This is, you've got the perfect setup for easy digging, easy root growth, fast, I mean, better, longer foliage, longer color coming out those flowers. This is an ideal time. we got a lot of insightful tips for you with this show. we got Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 58th Spring Open House.
1: Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers.
0: Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions.
1: Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, sidewalk art, and drawings.
0: Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 58th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 13th through 15th.
1: 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi Waters here with this week's Plant of the Week and our Show-Off Forsythias.
0: A new standout forsythia with very large, very bright solar yellow flowers that adorn the plant from head to toe.
1: Relax, this showy spring shrub is beautiful and requires no pruning or cleanup.
0: This show-off is just days away from bloom and limited. Don't wait until these big bull forsythia are gone at just $39.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love show-off forsythia love to shop you've been listening to ken lane
0: the mountain gardener green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center now welcome back to the mountain gardener
1: and we are back with lisa waters lane in the studio she comes each week with your garden questions just what are your neighbors talking about there's only two things neighbors are talking about this <laughs> week and that's viruses and economies it's or bad, stocks or bad whatever out there. I think <laughs> you know what I think. I think we should all just Garden more. more. Yeah, I think that's good.
0: (laughs) There actually is something to that. A lot of the studies they've done find that when people are outside touching the earth, touching green, growing things, their attitude improves greatly. And it's healthier for
1: them. I think it is. You know, I had to, as an employer, we were were hiring, I don't know, 30, 40 people, however many on, we hired like 10 last week. We've got to come up with a health plan. That's kind of, we just, we have a duty to do that. and Mm -hmm. Just in case it goes pandemic, in case... Best, you know, kind of, kind of worst case scenarios and mainly to calm the staff down. What are we doing? So we're getting sanitizers and we're basically, I said, folks, you can't be weak to be in a guard, to work in a garden <laughs> center. You've got to be healthy. You got to be able to lift and breathe. We're dealing with fresh air. That's terrible. A pollen and dirt and just mm-hmm. customers and stuff. We're, we're an outdoor job. And so I, I think this is one of the places people will, we're finding this already. They're coming to get away, to decompress, to sure. uh, just be out. But not, I mean, if really, I'd be afraid if I was working in an office, a warehouse, uh, some place where mass humanity gathers. And that's why they're canceling some of these huge events. Yeah. Well, a garden center is not a huge event. Your gardeners, your garden's even a smaller. Event, mm-hmm. So I think it's okay. You, you've got strong lungs. You've got, you're physically fit. You're not, you don't have diabetes. You wouldn't be able to do the job. Go, go, take a deep breath. And let's use some common sense stuff. And that's kind of what I left our staff with.
0: That's it, huh?
1: Well, <laughs> and a two-page document <laughs> to add to our employee file, our employee manual. Yeah, it's kind of, you just have to do these things. It's been right. a half day on it. Yep. The main thing is, this is our spring open house this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we had we're having vendors, growers from all over the country fly mm. in, drive in, mm-hmm. and we only had one cancellation. Really, so the only, everyone else is going. Yeah, we're coming for you. Sure. Sounds good. We can't wait. They, I think they work in fields too long or in greenhouses they need to get out. They actually want to come meet people. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. No, anyway. yeah, it's a
0: fun event, and I think you are right. It's outdoors. It's beautiful. Come on down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if it's raining.
0: Still, come on down. We, we have, have greenhouses. Brown. I mean, <laughs> you can get out of the
1: rain. At least it's not hailing. No, when uh, it hails, remember the last hail we had. Hail comes down, it hits the greenhouse, jumps up, then bounces, hits again. It's <laughs> Just like this ricochet effect. Just that's a ruckus. You can hardly hear yourself it think is when it's crazy. Uh, anyway, but
0: think positive. It's not going to hail.
1: It. You can't think of better gardening weather. Oh, this it's shovel beautiful. out to go through the soil like butter. Yeah, all that fertilizer people put down. It's just going to melt and become available for the plants you mean all through town Mm -hmm. you are not holding back spring plants are waking up and they're going for it
0: oh they definitely are it's it's beautiful to see all the ornamental plums are in bloom the uh, ornamental pears are in bloom forsythias are popping uh it's definitely screaming spring out there
1: so what are people asking? What, what's oh. some of the questions? Oh, you want to or, talk about that? We can banter back and forth <laughs> about ourselves and our employee po- HR policies or, or uh, going to garden questions. We'll go
0: on to other things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Garrett is in Chino Valley. He wants to know what the best time is to reseed his lawn. And then his other question is, he has no idea what type of grass is in there. What would you recommend uh, that he put down?
1: So, so, uh, good. So the first one is March is is your best time. Next best time is October. Those are your two months. You want it to be very cool so that the, when the seedlings come up, they take off very quickly and the taproot gets down very fast. So your timing's perfect now through ah, middle of April, actually March and October are best. Okay. Now what types? So, this is where it gets confusing because we got all this influence from the deserts coming up at us. And, and you really don't want to plant a desert grass. You don't want Bermuda because those desert grasses, they like it hot. Mm-hmm. And so they're green for about four or five months and they're dead the rest of the time. They look terrible. They're late to wake up, they're early to go to sleep. You really want a cool season grass. In Prescott, uh, we've, we've got a blend that's called the Prescott Blend. It's been sold for decades. It's a bluegrass blend. It's what's down on the courthouse. Bluegrass, ryegrass gr- blend. It's great. It's beautiful. It's soft. It's the one they take a picture of and put on the front of magazines. You just want to lay down and roll in it. It's that. The negative. It's shallow-rooted. It needs to be watered all the time. It's higher care. It doesn't take traffic as well. So uh, it's a little bit awkward. You and I, we always used fescue mm-hmm. kind of lawns. So we've got one that's in the store. It's called drought-tolerant grass. And fescues are very deep-rooted. They'll go down the ground oh, two, three feet the tap roots go down. And so that one makes it more robust. It also makes sure the wear, because it's so deep-rooted, it doesn't wear out very easily. So if you've got dogs or kids or you just like to travel and not water your lawn, the, the drought tolerant or the fescue type of lawns are definitely the way to go. And both of those will stay green virtually year-round. Mm-hmm. They're cool season grasses. So that's kind of what I would do. I've got a handout here on how to reseed lawns. Come ask for it. Be glad to get you one. They're free. If you're overseeding or adding to or starting new lawn by either seed or sod, ask for it. It's free. If you're, if you're thinking about a lawn, it's way more economical to do it by seed. Mm-hmm. Started by seed now because it'll germinate instantly, just instantly. Okay. Sounds good, especially with all this moisture. why it'd be great. All right.
0: Ron is looking for the best way <laughs> to get rid of a large old pampas grass. Ooh, it actually ouch. has uh, several of them. Yeah. Uh, so what would be the easiest, best way to get rid of them? And then he also wants to know what would be a good replacement evergreen shrub that would get about five foot tall
1: to put in there so that's not pampas grass pampas grass and not evergreen it gets up to be 10 feet tall so it's just crazy so i mean really oh man that is so hard in fact we stopped digging out pampas grass i (laughs) sent a team out oh we could replace that for you easy enough they were there for like a day to dig out this this pampas grass and then plant a five gallon like fruit tree uh so i went okay we're not doing that anymore we're not in the dig out stump and uh, and they weigh like a thousand pounds they're crazy heavy so uh backhoe best way (laughs) bobcat uh or a a lot of time and just start slowly digging away it's going to be a ball root ball about two feet deep maybe foot and a half deep by however wide that thing is plus a foot on all the way around Mm -hmm. it's going to be big or what you could do is just poison the thing and now we're getting really crazy Mm -hmm. You could simply spray it, kill it off. Don't let the roots come back. It'd take Mm -hmm. a couple times. You'd battle it, cut it off at ground level, poison it. We've got one called um, vegetation killer. Kill it right out. Nothing's going to grow in that spot, though. So it's going to really kill it out. You'd want to plant in between the pampas grasses Mm -hmm. with your evergreens. Mm -hmm. So there, what evergreens, oh, there's a ton of choices. What a great time to shop for evergreen shrubs, you come to the nursery. This is what they look like in the winter. You mm-hmm. can actually see physically. Do they take on a purple hue? Do they are they green? Are they gray? Do they turn silver? What color are they? But they hold their foliage. Some of them turn red. It just depends. You can actually see what they physically look like. Mm-hmm. But there's there, I probably have 30, 40 varieties to choose from right now as we speak. Come to the nursery instead of going to through some list yeah. in the garden over the airway. Easier to see them. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Carol is looking for a small flowering tree for her patio home, preferably one that's not too
1: messy. Oh, that's easy. Oh, there's, there's we've got a whole series. So the way we organize our trees here, we go from small to tall. Look at the small section. It's really easy. <laughs> so it, it could grow in container or right there next to the patio or in the ground, wherever. But you start with red bud. They're in bloom right now with a red flower. Uh, crab apples, there's there's all sizes. We even just got in a bush type crab apple. It's a oh, yeah, head high, yeah. multi stemmed crab apple. Super unusual, super bright flowers. Easy care. Uh, they don't really put on the crab apples like your grandparents did. They're smaller. Okay. Uh, but uh, what else? Silverberry or serviceberry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go down the line. Bradford pears. It's a whole lot of. That's one. Instead of just asking, you need to come in and physically have, get the tour. We'll tour you through. Go, what do you think of this? And none of those are really messy. They're easy to grow. Some of them naturalize. Then mm-hmm. the most native of all of them, desert willows. Oh, there you Go get. with that, and that's mm-hmm. a – Native type of, of there, if you're doing that, there's one called uh, uh burgundy timeless beauty, timeless beauty burgundy, uh, uh, pan, uh, uh, desert willows. It doesn't get the bean pot on it, so right. less messy for you. So, some quick choices, but sometimes you just got to get out from behind the computer and actually come visit the garden center. We don't have viruses, they don't grow outdoors. It's fresh air everywhere. <laughs> you can come peruse and just talk to the plants. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners, we will be right.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Roman Beauty Roseberry.
1: This Mediterranean beauty has graceful, arching branches that flow over rock walls, raised beds, or containers edge.
0: A culinary herb often used in potpourri.
1: Rugged, deer-resistive, evergreen, likes crummy soil, drought, and abuse. Now that's my kind of shrub for under $36.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love unusual, healthy herbs, they love to shop. Some things are just better together.
1: March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair
0: the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power.
1: Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So
0: it makes fertilizer work even better.
1: Like salt and pepper.
0: Coffee and donuts.
1: And hey, you and me. Ah. Thanks, Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two Ts, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: For myself, this is what I did for my own personal gardens. I'd mentioned I'd, I'd do a segment just on fertilizing the better better color, better health of all landscapes. Uh, I took a bag of each of two or th- well, three things. What did I do? So I got four bags I brought home. I got a bag of all-purpose plant food, a bag of fruit and vegetable food. It's an organic plant food. I brought a bag of sulfur home, and I brought some weed preventer down and they've all been spread. I did it right before this storm kind of hit. I'm trying to take advantage of the rain, the moisture, because March is our second wettest month of the year. Uh, summer, the summer summer monsoons, we have more moisture, but we have this late winter, early spring pattern that happens to us. It's unique to the mountains that you can take advantage of. It makes it easier to plant. Just, it's just an opportune time to really get started on your on your gardens, your your landscapes out there, especially you poor folks that bought that new track home. Yeah, they gave you a boulder, some rock, two shrubs, and a tree in the front yard, but you're barren in the backyard and you're just surrounded by rock and like these sterile just block walls. Oh, it just feels like I'm enclosed in a prison. You can really turn that into a benefit, this private garden The secret feeling where I just, the world goes away and this is my paradise. Watch a sunset, watch hummingbirds coming around. It can really be a paradise that you can enjoy. Really, most folks in Arizona really throughout the, the elevation, but really here locally, they turn that into almost an outdoor living space or living room. So the grills, outdoor kitchens, patio furniture, shrubs, feeders, just this beautiful garden that you just really do want to sip coffee in the morning, sip a glass of tea or wine as the sunset goes down. It can really be a paradise like no other part of the country. Other parts of the country, the, the season is, is, is short here we get such a long growing time to enjoy that fire pit outdoors or the hot tub or we just really enjoy the outdoors more than other parts of the country uh, other than maybe hawaii and that's that's cheating that that doesn't count but definitely better than minnesota or alaska or wyoming or new york or any other place we have this unique beautiful dry climate that's just bright and sunny and in fact Is anyone else tired of of the clouds? I'm ready for them to go. I want sunshine. Let's bring it on. I want to go for a hike and take the side-by-side out and go mountain biking and just do the things that we love to do in the mountains of Arizona. That's what we're famous for. Um, Feed everything. So I fertilized the evergreens, especially my natives, with the all-purpose plant food. It's a 744- Organic mix, something I made personally here for mountain folks, but the evergreens really respond to that. Uh, your lilacs, uh, roses really respond to that. The main ingredients, cottonseed uh, meal. Cottonseed meal is, is a very acidic, rich source of, of phosphorus and, and nitrogen. But then I also put some iron and some sulfur in that mix. And so now you've got something that greens things up and makes them grow. What we're finding though is, we're having this real, the edible thing is, is bigger than ever. So growing your own fruit trees. Every time lettuce comes across the border with, you know, scare of poisoned stuff, you know, they, got, they, they use this overhead recycled water on many of these vegetables. And so you can get E. coli and stuff happens with your jalapenos and tomatoes and lettuce and spinach, that kind of stuff. So there's this trend that People are growing their own and you can do it so easily. I tell you, who I'm really seeing interest in the younger folks, families, the millennials, and, and uh, late Xers. They are really into gardening and growing their own sustainable, organic, non GMO, all these messages they've been collecting and they're buying their first house and they are coming in. We're seeing whole families come in and buying veggies, herbs. Uh, grow, growing their own. So they want organic. And so we made this organic fertilizer, purely organic, made, made with bone meal and meat meal, just different meals. Uh, we made it, it's a 6447 blend. It's again our recipe. I made it myself. Uh, it's 644 nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, which is standard stuff. But then it's got 7% calcium we have a calcium deficiency in our in our soils. It's like alkalinity, the heavy clays. So it creates this root rot or not root rot, uh, 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 blossom rot on tomatoes and peppers and eggplants and squash. Certain plants are really sensitive. So if you've got a, where that blossom was setting, if it starts to have this black spot, that's blossom end rot. It's almost always a calcium deficiency. So I created a vegetable and fruit tree food that is made to, to get rid of that for you, so to make your gardens more successful, and it works. It really works, and it's pelletized. You can spread it around like you sling it in your hand spreader, and it's fine. Uh, it really, really works, and it's completely hundred percent organic. For me, I in my yards, I also put down. I get a big bag of sulfur soil sulfur. The pH creeps up too high in your gardens in the mountains. Our water is very alkaline, so you're always trying to combat that. So I just, while I'm spreading things, I throw sulfur in around everything in the yard uh, right now, and so that's and it will correct some of that. So I have more fragrance, better color, better flavor out of my my plants. And lastly, the weeds will go crazy. So I put my weed and grass preventers on the fence lines, down the driveways, down the rock lawn, where I don't want weeds in between the roses. This is your time to prevent weeds before they come up. So those are my four things, all-purpose food and a a fruit and berry food, soil sulfur, and then a weed preventer. And that's what Ken Lane, just neighbors, friends, talking over the back fence. This works for me. I think it'll work for you too.
0: Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our majestic giant pansies.
1: Mammoth blooms smother this 12-inch plant right through winter.
0: Fragrant like its fairy-faced cousin, this giant bloomer has the perfect balance
1: between evergreen foliage and flower brightness. Hardy and carefree, this pansy brings the garden back to life, all for just $7.99. You'll only find them at Waters
0: Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, and Prescott.
1: Where people who love majestic pansies, they love to shop. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough Prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob. Said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic.
0: You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She just comes to inspire us, talk sweetly to us, whisper in our ear and go, you can be a gardener. <laughs> you too can have a beautiful, you're going to love your backyard again.
0: Well, that is true. I think you anybody can, do can be a gardener. They just need a little help. A lot of people are moving from other places and they move here and it's different here. It truly, truly is. So, uh, just a little bit of knowledge, uh, They can do great things with that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you don't have to own a house. You can rent or house plant, start indoors and move out to the patio, then go to the front door. And then our daughter's off to grad school. We gave her a house plant with a pot to put by her front door, her, her miniature office, what her uh, studio, whatever. She's got a 1920s bungalow <laughs> in downtown Pasadena. It's it cute. Is funky. It's cute, but no air conditioning, hardly any heating. Yeah, but it's cute. It's cute. So I keep telling her it's cute. <laughs> Just at least focus on the cuteness. Here's a plant, honey. Go, go, and come back and be smart. There you go. <laughs> she graduates in June. We can't wait. Yay. We're thinking. We might have two kids off the payroll.
0: Well, they would all four be off.
1: Oh, there. they would. But well, two of them have been off for a long time. But right. uh, two more are still they, they on mom and dad's uh, income. You just kind of yeah. go help them launch, right? And then go and find a job. You supplement, kind of soft launch. Then you get them set up in their apartment. Then you throttle back a little bit <laughs> more. <and> then, <laughs> then they finally are all on their own, which is it's Encouraging, yeah. Yes, it's lovely. Lovely. So garden contact stuff, inspire us, because I'm tired of, of, of hearing bad news. Well, I want to hear something fun on the airwaves, just something to think about gardening-wise.
0: Well, I have something. So lavender yeah. is a known aromatic that's very relaxing, right? That yes. smell of lavender. Well, I got to tell you, we have some beautiful lavenders in. Oh,
1: I noticed they were inspiring it looks like you're loading up we've actually brought a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. in uh, just loading up no matter the weather we're gonna load up make sure the garden center looks fabulous for the 58th spring open house that's kind of a <laughs> it motivates us to get things dusted right. clean weeded and stocked so when the weather does finally turn customers come flooding out they go I want, I want a garden I want my backyard to be this private garden I want to mm-hmm. make sure nothing gets back here we have it so it's right. a, they're spec they are. Oh, oh my goodness.
0: They are. So lavenders, no matter what variety you, you pick, they like a sunny spot. Yeah. They like a spot that drains well, because they don't like to be really wet. That's the main thing that I'll take out of lavender is it stayed too wet. Yeah. That's why I always tell people they're I'm like, they killed, I killed it. I'm like, well, you probably killed it with kindness. Yeah.
1: G- generosity. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: we do have some beautiful winds. So, uh, the Spanish lavender, um, now I don't know if this is Haviland Fort or Javelin. Fort. Javelin. You're, gonna, you're yeah, just going to only go in the Southwest definitive.
1: would you not pronounce the J, <laughs> so of course you're going to pronounce the J for, for everyone well, else. Well, it's J
0: A V E L I. Javelin. Yeah. So we'll go Javelin. Okay. It's a Spanish lavender. So Spanish lavenders have those blossoms that look kind of like bumblebee size. Yeah, they're round. Bigger. Yeah. They're they're not the long spiky. They're the the pudgy round ones. Ch-
1: chubby stuck upright (laughs) vigorous growers with a large flower head
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so we have deep purple which truly is a deep purple absolutely gorgeous uh and then we have the deep rose the thing i like about the deep rose is the foliage or foliage another question i have uh, which is very silvery so it's very silvery foliage and then a deep pink rose blossom very striking together. And then the other one is actually a white Spanish lavender. And if you put the three together, it is stunning. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> You've got them displayed on the tables. And yeah. they brought me over. And I've I've seen thousands, tens of thousands of, of lavenders. And I went, oh, this is kind of neat. Oh, wow. Like even I got inspired. It's pretty neat.
0: Very, very stunning. Any mix of any of them of the above. It would be fabulous. In a container? Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, it's very, very Our striking. Our best uh, uh,
1: uh, container garden, really. Mm-hmm. We had that oxblood red container out front with a Spanish lavender in the right. middle. And it lived there for years. I think we had to break the pot it. <laughs> Perfectly mounded, bloomed, consist- yeah. attracted butterflies. We mm-hmm. never cared for it. It was the most beautiful plant. Oh, yeah. Uh, some trivia. Did you know that during Greek and Roman times, lavender was a... Disinfectant. Actually, really? when you take the oils, it'll actually mm-hmm. disinfect and gets rid of germs and that kind of stuff. So if cool. you're out on your patio and you're worried about viruses coming in, not
0: that lavender. you have to
1: worry about that outdoors, <laughs> but lavenders are a natural uh, uh, stringent. Uh, mm-hmm. d- 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 bug killer not bug killer actually it does that too they use it for repellents <laughs> it's just a natural repellent for you all need things this in your
0: yard <laughs> i
1: gather every yard should have one just because it's so hardy at this elevation yeah
0: yeah so those are the spanish lavenders that we have in we also oh there's another one uh, called silver i'm having problems with pronunciations today anook a-n-o-u-k yeah.
1: a-n-o-u-k <laughs> <laughs> I say tomato, I say tomatoes. So Have someone prove you're wrong. We own the airtime on the radio show. We're the famous ones. Oh, trust me. If there's a way to... they'll let us know we said
0: it wrong. <laughs> That's true. So the Silver Nock is really cool too. It has... Its foliage is even more silvery uh, than the Deep Rose Haviland. I mean, it is beautiful,
1: beautiful. And it has a pink blossom to it as well. Yeah, pink's unusual. It pink and good. white are freakish. Yeah. Blue and purple. Com- all, all day, day long. long. Lavenders. Right.
0: So... If you want more of the traditional type of lavender, we do have Provence, which is crazy cold hardy. Um, so if you're up in the higher elevations, maybe Groom Creek, a little bit higher, Provence, um, it goes, I think it's zone 5. To, yeah, it's minus yeah, 20
1: or 30 degrees, some crazy right. cold. It'll live through Anything, any kind of cold.
0: Definitely. So, those higher elevations, that would be one. The fragrance um, on the foliage from the Provence, that's the one, it's very traditional. It's when they lavender make potpourri out. Fragrance. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very, very nice. I'm up there rubbing the, the leaves, <laughs> going, I want it. Um, the Hidcot Blue also is another really cold hardy one. Its claim to fame is its blossoms. It has that tra- traditional spike blossom, but it's blue, blue, blue. Not so much purpley lavender, but blue. So very pretty that way. And then we also have, <laughs> here's my other one. Grosso? Grosso?
1: Gr- roll the tongue. Grosso. <laughs> <laughs> Does that help you? just uh, kind of wing it. <laughs> Look them in the eye. Don't blink. Just say "grasso." <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I can do that, but I'll try. Come look at them. They're pretty.
0: Yeah. This one's <laughs> nice because it does get a little bit bigger than the average yeah. lavender. Uh so if you're trying to Really make a statement, fill a bigger space. It would be in perfect the landscape,
1: next to a driveway or walkways, commercial settings, mm-hmm. use that one because it gets nice, big, and bold. And when right. you brush up against it, it smells like lavender. Definitely. Butterflies love it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: definitely. So, in the time that's remaining, I want to hit a few other things that we have in that um, we don't always get. It's like this time of year. So, we have pansies, the frizzle pansy, which is that really ruffled, uh, skirted type pansy in in a gallon container right now and those are hard to find yeah Uh, but if you love that little frilly skirted pansy it's absolutely pretty pretty great in containers whatever and then we have hanging baskets of pansies and that's terrific for you people that have javelina that you're constantly battling but you love pansies but so do the javelina a hanging basket
1: would be perfect keep them off the ground don't let them get down to them yeah, right, great,
0: right, definitely. Your, your
1: hanging baskets are spectacular. I know we oh, just gorgeous. had our first grow come in, so mm-hmm. we're starting to harvest the specialty grows, and they're coming in. These are these were made just for this weekend. Mm-hmm. We grew them just for he, just this weekend, right? And when the crop is out, I think we have one more rotation coming. There's so one more truckloads, and then we're mm-hmm. done. Then it'll be back into the regular spring mix of stuff that that right. uh, were but beautiful petunia baskets beautiful pansy baskets some bowls some beautiful mixed spring you need some color you're just tired of the boredom of that dead stuff in the yard (laughs) we can make it pretty like instantly yeah Uh, so thank you lisa lisa waters lane in studio sharing uh, her garden expertise so ken and lisa lane and the mountain gardeners we will be right back For
0: more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Winter Blooming Heat. With 2018
1: upon us, you might as well start the gardens outright with one of these few winter blooming flowers.
0: Ferny evergreen leaves are topped by the sweetest of bell-shaped pink flowers.
1: Loves to be planted right out in the yard. Enjoy showing off in winter at just $36.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love winter-blooming heat, they love to shop. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on Shop, and choose Personal Garden Shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: Now I had mentioned, started the show with, with, uh, it's a good time to get started in the garden, especially if you're doing trees, shrubs, vines, grapes, ber- berries, brambles, evergreens. What if you're doing the bigger stuff, this is absolutely the best time. It is just perfect timing. Now for about the next month or so, through whenever it starts to warm up when thing you really want things to go in before they leaf out or before they they bloom is ideal. Things are just waking up now. Right as they wake up they start to root. So if you put them in before they start to leaf out, you get a larger root mass, more root growth underneath that plant. so it makes it more robust. So you'll go through June and that first part of July, the hottest part of the of the year, much much easier to take the water pressure off, you just have a better less stressed out plant. It's a great time. What I thought I would do is share with you how to plant. Here's how you physically, Here's how you actually plant a tree, shrub, or vine in a backyard or front in a yard uh, here in the mountains of Arizona. And it doesn't matter what city you're in. We're all in this thing together. We all have caliche. We all have heavy clay soils. We all have wind. We all have sun. Well, we just might be delayed a little bit. So, you might be, so Kingman, you might be a little earlier in your season. Cordes uh, uh, Junction, a little bit earlier. Uh, Kingman Hillside, a little bit earlier. And some of you might be a little later, so Hillside or Groom Creek and Highland Pines and and Williams and Flagstaff White Mountains. You're a little bit later, so but we all swing a couple weeks, first part of May, plus or minus a couple weeks. We're all in all in this thing together. But our soils and our wind, our 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 problems are all shared, no matter where you live in the neighborhood, in your town or what city you're at. But here's how you really take take. Here's how you really make a difference and make that plant establish and grow faster, stronger, healthier. First, let's get rid of a myth. There is no taproot. Your trees are not going to send a taproot through the rocks, through the boulders, down 50 feet into the water table. First of all, your water table is like you know a thousand feet deep. You poor folks in Coyote Springs. I mean, just some of those wells are crazy. If you hit water. It's like a 50-50 chance. You just never know. I've heard horror stories, more than one, more than a dozen. Uh, so that there's nothing for those roots to go down to, just more rocks and caliche and yuck. Uh, plants are trained to go where the water and the nutrients are, and the nutrients are in the topsoil. So the topsoil of the mountains of Arizona are in that first few inches, just underneath the surface. That's where the leaf litter and the meadow, the grasses have kind of decomposed over the centuries and this is where the roots want to go to. Also, it's dry and so when it rains, we'll have long dry spells and then we'll have wet spells. The roots know go up. So when it does rain, we're going to grow up and grab as much moisture as we can during those rain events. So even very large native trees, I mean a big juniper, a big boxwood, a great big native a pine tree, these plants They've been there for 200 years. The roots only go down two, maybe three feet if you're lucky, but they go out in every direction, 20, 30, 50 feet, some of these big cottonwoods, sycamores, or hundreds of feet. So they're going up and out. If you know that's how the plant, the roots are actually going to grow, there's no way to, to convert them or change, your, change their minds. They're going to grow where the, the nutrients and the moisture is. Well, just dig a hole that way. So ideally, you want to dig your hole, no matter what size, a great big 24-inch box. It's got a two-foot deep root. You only want the hole to be two feet. If it's a 15-gallon tree, the most standard size tree that, that looks substantial, uh, it's, it might have a, a root ball here at the nursery of 14 inches deep. That's all. That's as deep as you need to go. It'll go as deep as the bucket. If it's a little 5 gallon size tree, your starter trees, maybe you're only going 12, 10, 12 inches. Go as deep as the bucket, but then go wide. Add a bucket on both sides. So whatever that size is, no matter what size you're buying, add a, add a bucket on both sides and make it rounded and saucer shaped. So that's the size. So a nice wide, but not that deep hole. Much easier to dig a wide hole than a deep hole. You're going to take all that soil, put it in your wheelbarrow or on your tarp or just off to the side of your planting hole. And many of you are going to need to screen that soil. You can't just take all the gunk and junk that you pulled out of there and throw it back in around the roots. Uh, any rock that's bigger, any kind of debris that's bigger than a golf ball is going to heat up in summer and prevent roots from getting getting through that part of the, the ground, that soil. So screen that out. Get, get rid of that junk. Some of you are going to run into construction material. The contractor buried the timbers and the, the block and the leftovers down your yard to save on dump fees. You'll run into that. I've done that personally. Uh, when I was in Skull Valley, I'm digging a hole for a new shade tree down by the barn. I ran into an old gun. It's rusted out. It just hit an old cowboy. had dropped it Wait, you know, 30 years ago. I ran, you run into all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, so screen that stuff out of there. Also, look for old roots, any roots or or uh, old, past growing material. Uh, they as those things rot, they they taint the soils. So they prevent other roots from growing in there. It's a natural thing the forest does. If you know that's how, that's what old roots do. They prevent things from growing in that space for a bit. Get it out of there so your new thing can grow in there. Okay, some of you are gonna run into a boulder get rid of that. Some of you are going to have to add some soil so you, you won't have much dirt left. So accommodate it. That's where a bag of topsoil helps you to supplement uh, all that debris you pulled out, but screen it accordingly. Now, most of you do not have any organic material in your yard at all. It's just nothing but, but clay and rock and just junk. All that topsoil was scraped off to the side by the contractor. The big backhoe comes in and just Scrapes all that stuff off, so they make room for your footers, your patios, your driveways, that kind of stuff. You're, you're, some of you, I'd say most of you are literally gardening in dead soil. There's not one worm. There's no mycorrhizal fungi. There's nothing beneficial in your ground. They feed off the topsoil that was there. So you're going to have to supplement that soil that you dug up, that ground, that soil that you pulled off and screened, add some mulch, some composted mulch to that, to re-energize the the mycorrhizal fungi, to encourage the worms, attract the birds. There's a lot of benefits. Allow the soil, the roots to get through the soil. You want to take about one shovel of mulch to every three shovels of of native soil, or about twenty-five percent. Okay, you you nurse accountants, engineer folks, twenty-five percent the rest of us, one scoop for three scoops of native soil. Blend that together and use that to backfill around the roots. Pack it down hard. Here's one mistake I find new folks make, and it's really the desert influence. Kind of sad that Phoenix Tucson influenced us that much. But do not bury that root. We do not want to rain harvest in the mountains of Arizona. Make sure that root ball is at ground level or a little above. Do not leave a divot. That's something Phoenix teaches to us. You know, gather up the rain, make sure it stays as moist as possible. We get so much moisture up here that you can drown your plant that way. So you want at soil level or a little above, okay? Especially you folks out in that 69 corridor it's really hard clay. Oh, it's so hard. It's, the plant's literally drowned because it's so hard. You want that moist, that rain to actually run off away from your plants, not gather in around the, the base. Also, the top of that root ball you see at the garden center, make sure that's still exposed. It still sees the air when you plant it, don't bury it. Don't put any soil up against the trunk. That's bad. You'll get crown rot. There's some other things that are way beyond this segment, but just trust me. When you're all done, sprinkle some all-purpose plant food, some 744 food around the root ball. That'll help encourage new, stronger roots. And then water it in at the last step with root and grow. There's a organic composted tea I made that really helps things encourage stimulate. It kind of tickles the roots so they want to grow more roots. You get faster structure, root structure, uh, mitigates uh, um, stress, plants, transplant stress, that kind of stuff. So at the very, very end, I'll have my two-gallon watering can mixed up with Root and Grow, and I just pour it in like that. It kind of looks like compost tea, and you water it in. Then you pray over it. You play it music. You do it all that stuff that gardeners do, and it just will take off with new growth this spring, guaranteed. And that's how you plant in the mountains of Arizona. Uh, Just some things I've learned over the decades of planting uh, with landscape crews, planting crews, or just my personal experience. Trust me, you're going to love your backyard again after you get done with this planting technique.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 58th Spring Open House.
1: Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers.
0: Friday we show off this year's showiest plant introductions.
1: Saturday and Sunday it's impromptu garden classes, sidewalk art, and drawings.
0: Join the Garden Fun at Waters Garden Center's 58th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 13th through 15th.
1: 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Some
0: things are just better together.
1: March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center.
0: But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power.
1: Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients.
0: So it makes fertilizer work even better.
1: Like salt and pepper.
0: Coffee and donuts.
1: And hey, you and me.
0: Aw. Thanks, Ken.
1: All-purpose plant food and humic acid better together and only at Waters Garden Center.
0: You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: This is such an exciting weekend here at Waters Garden Center. It was 58 years ago, this week, that Waters Garden Center began. My father-in-law, Harold Waters, he had four daughters. And uh, I married the youngest, prettiest daughter, in my opinion. Uh, so that's kind of how Ken and Lisa Lane come to own Waters Garden Center. Well, she's a Waters. We just kind of took it over, second generation. It was 1962, this this week in 62, that... Uh, we began. It was the very first garden center in northern Arizona back in the day. Back then, there were some Phoenix uh, uh, baseline garden centers, but uh, now there's more of them. Every town's got one, but back in the day, that was fun. Opened up with the garden center uh, with the station wagon, a shovel, a wheelbarrow. Uh, I think the story goes he borrowed the wheelbarrow or something to get started, the, the landscape business, and then it grew into... He needed places to get plants and store the plants and it grew into the garden center and just it just kind of has morphed over the years. So we're celebrating many of our garden um, growers, uh, the, the growers that create many of these plants. They're staying at the house over the weekend. You can come talk to them. Uh, they're kind of famous in the agribusiness, in the, in the breeding, patented, grower, new plant introduction uh, folks. They're, they're here talking about it. Uh, you can just talk if you can go all nerdy on them they know all the latin they can tell you how to what kind of medians grow certain kinds of plants but new agaves we're, we're starting to uh, we've got here at the garden center he found them up with the higher elevations over near albuquerque he's here chris is going to be here all weekend i've got a guy that brought in a brand new white lavender super cool I mean, you've never seen a lavender like this. It's it's only available here. He brought it in for this weekend because he's here and wants to show off his new plants. So I'm going, this is really, really cool. And so I um I gotta tell you too, this whole whole scare of of uh flu season stuff going on, economic stuff. The news has been rough this week. I can tell you, gardening's healthy for you. To be outdoors in the fresh air is healthy for you to To spend some energy, sweat and tears and just go out and toil and play in the soil to create this new flower thing and then watch hummingbirds come in, that's good for you. And so I, I think what we're finding is here at the garden center, our numbers are way up. It's not down, it's way up. I mean, like I think the staycation thing – that's happening. People are canceling the cruise and they're staying in the backyard and they're they're gardening. We're seeing that here, at least in Prescott, Arizona, at Waters Garden Center. So I'm I'm actually more worried about the rain. <laughs> you don't want to put invite all your friends. They're flying in from all over the country, showing off their plants. You stock the garden center up. And I kind of wanted sunshine, the famous Arizona sunshine for them. But I may not get as much as I wanted on that, but that's okay. You still, I'm going to take them down to Prescott Brewing Company Uh, on Friday night. We've catered this private meal, private gathering party in the back greenhouse on uh, Saturday night. They're going to stay through Sunday and then take off. Uh, This is a unique weekend. If you want to talk to the people that create new life, They will be here all weekend here at Waters Garden Center. So I'll try to get some interviews with them and and share those over the next few weeks. What they're seeing, what's going on, what are the new breeds coming out, what are the new plants they're seeing. We've got new trees. introduced, a new boxwood you've never seen before. A new type of redbud you've never seen before. A new dwarfed forsythia you've never seen before. And the growers that created those and grew them over the last few years, like a a tree's going to be... 10 years old by the time it gets here. Those guys have been nurturing those guys and gals. I've got gals here too. They've been here doing that. You can talk to them all weekend long, but uh, join us for the festivities. Lots of greenhouse space, lots of fresh air uh, to share and just talk gardening with your friends. Bring a girlfriend, bring a boyfriend, bring a, bring a, bring a spouse and just enjoy the gardens here at Waters garden center all weekend long.
0: The colors of spring are bursting at Waters 58 spring open house.
1: Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers.
0: Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions.
1: Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, sidewalk art, and drawings.
0: Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 58th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday,
1: March 13th through 15th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.